0: Real Life, Real Conversations, Motivational, Fitness, Self-Defense, Weight Loss, Live from The Great One Eight. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox.
1: Live. Good morning, Jay. How you doing
2: today? Hey, good morning.
1: All right. So we should have some people coming hopping on to to watch podcasting today as it gets going. I'll formally introduce you, and then I'll let you talk about yourself for a second. But uh, if you guys don't know, this is Jay Walker. He's the one that runs the Simi Valley Krav Maga school that we have. Uh, he's the the main instructor and the main. Uh, he's the, kind of the boss over there, I would say, and how many black belts we got out of there now jay oh
2: my gosh how many black Uh, belts if you can out there i know i think we've got over seven six seven adults and then for kids we've got like 20 something 20 juniors or something or more because i know we got like 25 to 30 we have a lot of juniors that's yeah
1: yeah you've done a good job over there it's been it's been great so uh (laughs) with uh you know uh, i'll let you introduce yourself a little bit and give you some of your history and And where you grew up and where you're from exactly, because, you know, you're not a California boy uh, because you really eat weird shit. That's for sure. (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) We'll we'll talk about all that. We'll talk about that. But uh, with no further ado, Jay Walker. So go ahead, Jay, let everybody know where you're from, you know, Uh, your your little southern twang and all that you got.
2: I'm originally from Mississippi. Uh, I'm from a small town called Hickory, which is sort of uh, the central part of mississippi central east side more, more northeast but I, I grew up there most of my life grew up on a farm uh like you said eating wild things like this time of the year my dad would go out and go hunting for squirrel and so he'd after he killed a, a bunch of squirrels they'd come home we'd clean them and he would crack the skull open and then my mom would scramble the, the brains up with the eggs and we'd have uh squirrel and eggs for <laughs> breakfast so yeah we've had some some crazy things but Uh, I grew up, I think the whole town has 2,500, even of right now, that's the population of this small town. Uh, Very, the funny thing is when we first moved there, I moved from a different town and we first moved there. I had to be very careful because, you know, they always talk about the South, but I had to make sure I wasn't kin to anybody before I started dating people from there. So I did not date many people from that town because they may be my distance cousins or anything else <laughs> because uh, my my dad's, <laughs> my dad's family, you know, they're they're there for centuries because the land and stuff there were owned by a lot of the walkers. And, uh, and to this day, certain parts of uh, that, that town are still on the lands on my walkers for like over a hundred years and
0: we 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 yeah, have so, you, so
2: you, go ahead, sir, oh go ahead,
1: so we uh so what where you're from, so out in the south, and this is where you grew up and and uh so we'll we'll and you know you you live well, of course, you lived a different lifestyle, you know, you know how the south lives they they're they're hunters, they're gatherers, they're you know they get ready for the winter and you know, it's one thing I enjoy about it. We always joke that I'm probably the one more southern than sometimes because yeah, you know, you're more I redneck enjoy that, than I am. That lifestyle out there when I go out there, <laughs> yeah. So, but I don't eat that weird stuff. I could tell you that. Uh, you know, I'm not scrambling uh, squirrel brains for breakfast. That's a, that's a given. Um, <laughs> That's just, that's so typical of, of what you, what you would eat. It's funny. We'll we'll talk about diet and 75 hard and stuff. And, but I want to talk about your past a little bit about your, you've been doing martial arts and I'm not sure if people know that you've actually fought, you fought in the ring. You have, um, you have fought in one in the ring. You have owned a school and, uh, let's talk about, about that.
2: Yeah. My, my martial art career. I mean, I suppose martial arts, I started in 1985 uh, I started with the style I started in was called Kyokushin. Uh, a lot of people look at Kyokushin is a very uh, intense Japanese style, which actually fit my personality back in the day. We trained out of a, a local activity center. The only time our instructor really let us train inside was if it was lightning outside. Uh, I remember the floors, we had no pads. It was all concrete. Uh, but most time we trained out in front. And because of the way the system was with the belts, I remember sitting in the same place over a year. Doing push-ups, knuckle push-ups, and ants just going up my legs, going up my arms. And just like in uh, Tang Sudo or Taekwondo, when we were standing in ready position or Chun Bi, I remember standing there and just ants crawling up my legs. And, you know, you have to lead by example and have to be still. That was my first time to get into martial arts. I've been wanting to do martial arts since I was like six years old. But growing up, I had a lot of respiratory problems because – my mom, you know she's from she's a sixties mom, and that was before they said cigarettes were bad for you, so she still was indulged in all that and I had a lot of respiratory issues growing <laughs> up, staying in oxygen tanks and uh, and actually, it became a fluke that I got into martial arts. One of my friends at the time. this is something you would think was out of a Cobra Kai movie. uh this guy named David Nixon walked into our school in high school and he had on our, the name of my studio was Black Eagle. he had on one of those old satin jackets, you know, kind of snap up the front. And the back had the black Eagle logo and mm-hmm. his walk around as cool as everybody I said, man, that's cool. And, uh, I started with about 20 other people 20 of our buddies that started together all at the same time. So there's 20 people from Hickory, Mississippi, driving 30 miles up the road to go to black Eagle karate. And, um, I'm the only one, like when talk about this in martial arts all the time, but I'm the only one out of that 20 of us or so 15 to 20 of us who started that went all the way to black belt. Now I changed styles but I'm the only one with went to black belt and continue my career or my, my, my passion for martial arts.
1: Yeah, that's, well, that's a great story, right? I know exactly. You know, it's funny. You talk about those, those satin jackets. I have one of those that say Tong to on the back and it's, it says faith mountain. I just pulled it out um, the other day out of a closet. I'm like, wow, this is from, I uh, was showing uh, Daniel. Cause it's that black one, you know, that eighties look that kind yeah. of that eighties jacket and, uh, I told Danny, I said, this is before Rocky Peak was Rocky Peak. We started it when it was called Faith Mountain. I said, this is the jacket. I said, this jacket is from 1988. And uh, uh, just pulling that vintage stuff out, remembering that. And then I could imagine seeing that in high school, too. That was just probably one of those uh, one of those awesome awesome things to see walking across. But, you know, karate was different there. It was a big mystique about, about then. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean... Uh, and it was hardcore training. It wasn't like what it is today. I mean, you starting in martial arts school, man. You were you were getting your ass handed to you. That is that is a given. Well, uh,
2: it's it's not quite the fluff that it is today. No, I mean back then, uh, for the, sure. The main instructor used to run the studio. He ended up passing away from uh, an accident. See, he's an ex Green Beret. Um, you know, fits the whole thing if you think about it from the movie. He's an ex Green Beret. He owned, I forgot if he owned like a, a pawn shop or whatever it was. And he was working on cleaning a rifle or something like that. And it went off and it was an accident. <laughs> and the gentleman took over him. We became my first mentor, David Carr. And uh, man, I, I just want to emulate everything he did. You know, he was just strong. as going to be never got tired, would go on these long runs and stuff. And he would always lead the pack. And I just wanted to try to keep up with him. And, and having that mentorship mm-hmm. from him back in the day meant a lot. And, uh, and it's just, like I said, it was a whole different way of doing things. And a lot of people, I told people in my studio, they don't realize, I mean, it took me over a year to get to my first belt. Because sometimes your ego gets in the way and you can't move up the way you want to. And it's not up to you. It's up to your instructor. They know when mm-hmm. it's time for you to move up. Big difference. Yeah.
1: You. And, uh, you know, I've, I've learned that lesson. Uh, yeah, I've learned that lesson even in, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And then <laughs> I'll never forget Sergio saying that uh, 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 when you move up and when I give you a belt, it's none of your business. Mm-hmm. Just you know, you accept or don't accept. You know, <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah, you know, you know what we feel is what we should deserve is not the same as what what others say. So let's talk about your ring fighting back then. How old were you when you got in the ring, and what made you decide you want to do some full contact?
2: I actually want to do full contact when I first started. But, um As far as getting in the cage in the ring, I didn't do that until I was in my late 30s. I did point fighting all the time up to then. Uh, What the heck? That's all right. My man. phone it's just sh-
1: decided to do. <laughs> my phone just decided to start talking. Okay, yes, that's all right. Go ahead, but, but um, <laughs> sorry like, about that.
2: No worries. um I did point fighting for a long time, but a lot of it, when I one thing I didn't talk about is I switched over to uh, Taekwondo at the time because I met this guy named Paul Bird. And Paul Bird became my my not just my mentor, but he's like my second father. He was there for me after my father passed away and everything, and led me in the right direction. He's a lieutenant colonel in the um, the military, and he trained most of the officers out of uh, out of uh, Mississippi. He's the one who taught the officers program there. And I got into Taekwondo because these guys all they did was fight all the time, and their Taekwondo remind me more of the Sudo you teach. The style, the the stances, the forms. Mm -hmm. And my and our master instructor. Most people don't know about Mississippi, but we'd go to Greenwood, Mississippi, and we'd go into the Delta and i remember going to the delta i forgot the name of this uh, of the uh, of the college that i'd go to but we'd go there and we'd make rings out of chairs or we'd make rings out of uh, those old desks and there's many times we'd go flying through them desk and everything and we it was full contact i mean it was point fighting but it's full contact and i'll never forget when i, I think you and i've had this story i've knocked my first guy out and it scared me just from knocking him out because i just knocked out I was a, f- a brand new first degree black belt, and he's a third degree. And I looked up to him, and I knocked him out. I was scared to death; that he's gonna come back and whip my butt. And uh, so <laughs> I, I got that passion for it. And then, you know, everybody knows, like in 1993, uh, the UFC came around with jujitsu, and I got the bug. But living in the South, we didn't have jiu-jitsu schools around. We, all of us were kick kickboxers and martial artists, so I kept training with it. And I didn't do my first cage fight till 2008. And my goal is to continue to fight from that point on because. Uh, I was remember being at the uh, at at the uh, weigh-ins. I'm sitting back in the chair, just relax, and my my uh, is sitting up there. He's a 25 year old guy, and here I am, 38 years old. He's all jacked up, um, ex marine, <laughs> and uh, he's just all serious. I'm sitting back there, just chilled out, and I love the fight. He beat me. He uh, I got in a fight, and he hit me in the mouth, knocked my mouthpiece out, and I tried to put it back in. He kept hitting me in the back of the head. and He ground and pound me on the ground, and I was out. And I said, well, my next fight won't be the same. And then my next fight I got into, I fought this guy. And a lot of people may have heard of back in the day by Showtime Elite XC. He actually fought in Showtime Elite XC as a professional fighter. And then when he came to fight me, uh, somehow his record went to zero and zero. I don't know how that happened. Um, but I didn't care. I just wanted to fight him. <laughs> and I ended up I ended up tapping him out with a rear naked choke. And I was going to continue to fight after that. Um for this cage and everything, because I, I got paid a little money for it, but um, I just enjoyed being in the cage and fighting. Now, we did smokers all the time, but we didn't do as far as getting up in competition. But man, I love mean, that, I love getting in the ring and fighting, I love getting in the cage. And fortunately, I would love doing it today, but I need what brain cells I have left, so I don't, I don't plan on doing it.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I know, I, I know how that goes, you know. You, Trust me. I've, I've been on both ends of that. I've I've been on the knocking out and I've been on, been knocked senseless. So that's, uh, that's a given. I know how that, I know how that goes that that kind of trauma to your head. And, uh, so, which, which brings me out to a little bit more, um, what I thought you and I would talk about a little bit more is what it looks like to be a little bit older in in the martial arts world, what it looks like that you and I decided to do, um, you know, you took over the school. I opened a Simi Valley just because, uh, you know, the other Jay wanted to have a school. And that's why I opened it originally. And, you know, he had an accident. And then you stepped in. When you stepped in, it was definitely a match because you come from this traditional background, which I'm not sure if a lot of people know that uh, about you, that you ha- there's a traditional background that you have that that you've, um, that, that you came from, uh, I don't think a lot of people know the, uh, the fighting aspect of yourself and, and where you come from. I think everybody just thinks you've done Krav and you've got a black belt and Krav and well, until they fight you, then maybe they, maybe they, maybe that's a wake up call when it comes time, but you know, you stepped into that role, even uh, not getting your black belt and crop yet, you stepped into that role and you've grown a, I've just kind of given you the reins and, and you took it just, just, and, and you've grown it to what it is today. So that's, you know, that's a testament to you, but while you were there. So I talk about you often about, you know, cause people ask me uh, about my weight loss and stuff like that. And, and uh, I tell them all the time that Jay Walker is the one that kind of got me on this. On this path right and uh, we're going to talk about that jay when you when you first started this this uh this keto deal you know i was sitting in the hospital remember i had i was in the hospital Mm -hmm. and i had these blood clots right and man when i look back at pictures i got pictures of myself in the hospital and just how out of shape i really was and and how unhealthy i looked even my face it was how my face was bloated and and everything else you know it's it's a miracle. I think sometimes that I'm still here, you know, when I, when I look back on that, on, on how unhealthy that was, even though the blood clots came from an accident and didn't come from something, um, that I, that developed, but, and I remember having conversations with you about, uh, you know, I can't, I, I, I can't live like this, you know, cause I, you know, I was living in fear. Cause every time something happened to me, I felt that I was, something else is happening. I mean, this has even gone on within the last year and a half. Remember I had, uh, my leg was kind of swollen and I'm like, mm-hmm. man, do you think this is blood clots again? You know what I mean? And, uh, and so you went on this journey. Let's talk about originally what you did on the keto diet that made you go to this keto diet. And was it, I don't think you, were you doing 75 hard or did you do 75 hard with me? You, when you first when I first watched you, you were doing some kind of a, um, a contest of some mm-hmm. sort Were you at F? no, you were at F45. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you were killing it there. And then you did the keto diet. And that's when I watched you do a transformation as an older guy. You transformed there. So let's go ahead and talk
2: about that real quick. What what you did at F45. Yeah. So, you know, I've always been athletic, even in college. I was always used to stay in shape when I was in my, in high school and stuff. And before that, I always had a little issues with my weight. But then when I got into college after training to do fighting stuff all the time, I would eat up to 4,000 calories a day because I'd want to stay in shape because, you know, you and I've had this discussion because back in our time, the people I looked up to was like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jean-Claude Van Damme, you know, aren't, uh, looking at uh, uh sylvester Stallone, and i wanted to be built more like that so i was eating those high calories those old nasty chalky weeder shakes back in the day and then what happened though was like with life <laughs> uh i stayed in shape did look good for a while and i got married and um my unfortunately my diet didn't change but my <laughs> lifestyle changed and i got heavy one time i think at the heaviest i got it was like 286 for my frame which was a lot And, you know, when you a lot of people just think about the weight, it's not just the weight that you get. It's what comes with it, because when your weight's high, you start getting depression, your immune system drops. And a lot of the guys you need, a lot of guys out there, you need to think about this, too. It's not just your immune system, your testosterone, your hormone levels drop, too. And you just you don't feel yourself. And I recommend to every one of you guys out there, uh, if you get that way in your life or your relationships and you start feeling depressed and everything, man, go get your hormone levels checked out. So moving forward with that. I tried different workout programs. Uh, there was one, I forgot back in the day where this guy did it and had the diet program where you're eating six days, six meals a day. And I did that. You know, you gain weight, lose weight, uh, stayed in good shape when I was fighting and then came out here. I went on the plant-based diet. People said, I didn't say vegan. I said plant-based because I did it because everybody was doing it. <laughs> Lost a ton of weight, <laughs> but I got real super skinny and it worked for about a year and a half for me. Then after that, i didn't feel the results from it that I wanted to do. And people say why don't you say plant-based instead of vegan? Because if you put a steak in front of me, I want to eat that steak. I'm not a vegan. I'm a, I believe in some of the things they do as far as you know, protecting the environment stuff like that, but I'm I have my own side of that with the other side of it. But moving forward is um I got to the point where, again where I was out of shape. And this is even when I was running the studios like 2018. I think I got up to 250 pounds. I was unhappy with myself, and uh, this thing kept coming across my Facebook feed called F45. And I've always loved that hit functional training, and the studio was less than a mile from my house. Uh, I joined the studio, started working out there, and got man, it killed my butt. I'd literally would get through working out 5:30 in the morning, go home, have to take a 30-minute nap because it killed me. And then they came up and said, "Okay, we're having this contest, and the contest had these amazing prizes." So I started first trying with the uh, plant-based diet, didn't work for me. And this, they have vendors come in all the time. There's one vendor come in um, for this company. And I can't remember the name of the company, but it was where they ha- already have your food set up for you. And uh, you, and I think you even tried the same company for a little bit, but they had this whole food 30 mm-hmm. program where, you know, you eat less than 30 grams of carbs a day. And I started seeing results on it and it got me onto the keto uh, trail. Then and I started doing a lot of research, going down the rabbit hole, finding more about it. And i ran, I've ran and found some information on this one guy called Robert Sykes, Robert Sykes, known as the keto savage at KetoSavage.com. And I literally reached out to him, uh, and used him and started consulting with him. And he got me on that diet. Uh, and this it's a uh, deeper state ketosis, man, where I'm taking in less than 10 grams. Not, not when a lot of people look at carbs, some of them will look at, they don't look at actual carbs, and I was on actual carbs. I usually eat less than 10 grams of carbs a day. That's what completely transformed my body, my hormones, and everything. And, and so that, that was where I got to start from. Plus, the F45, what it does to me, and you know me well, is that I need to be challenged. I need to compete. And this was my new way of competing. And, and I started winning contest after contest and losing weight. And I, I got my body fat down to the lowest to 8% body fat. And, and, and you saw it and then you got onto it with me. Now, this is the, where I really start seeing the biggest results. I think it was in June of 2019 is right when we did the black belt meeting for second degree and you send out to us of uh, our, our main circle, about 75 hard. And you know, me, anything you throw right. out there, I said, I'm on. And that night, yeah, I got on with you. I said, crap, what did I just do? So I had to throw outside and do a second <laughs> workout But it was that with the keto was the biggest change to help me completely change my mindset and the way I look at things. And it all started, you know, competition and find the right diet for me.
1: Yeah, I think that. And so when when people ask me about my 75 heart and my journey and I, you know, I've always brought your name up and I said he did this. He did this transformation uh, on this keto diet. And then, of course, he was doing that, uh, you know, F45. And I started that. I remember I I told you I I looked into it for a few weeks. Right. And Mm -hmm. finally, I said, okay, I think I'm going to I'm going to dabble into this, Jay. I'm not going to tell anybody I'm doing it. And uh, of course, I did that. Uh, You know, I didn't tell anybody because, uh, uh, of course, I was figuring that was going to fail just like everything else did. And uh, so I didn't tell anybody except for yourself. And then I started getting these results. And then, then Andy Frasilla did come along when I was listening to one of his podcasts, and I'm like seventy five hard, and uh, I said, "Wow, this is a this is kind of a a, a revamp your mind thing, right? Not just a, a physical thing for sure." And so I said, "Okay, I'm going to jump on this." And then you jumped on with us, and you know we've done the for our first seventy five hard. I think we completed together. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, yeah. it was not, and it was not easy either. No, it, it, wasn't. it was not an easy get at all and, uh, trying to get both workouts in. And I don't know about you drinking the water, drinking the gallon of water was my hardest thing. I think you're kind of used to that kind of stuff. So you you didn't have as much uh, issue with that as I did, but man, that was a rough, that was a rough thing. And, and not having excuses and, and everything else. And then at the end of 75 hard, you can see that it even took my weight loss to a different level, mm-hmm. right? It, 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 did something to, uh, where I had even more, uh, more results and my mindset was more set at that point now that I'm going to be able to, to, uh, to, uh, you know, be able to do this, this thing and, and, and lose a hundred pounds, because that's what I said I wanted to do is, is to lose a hundred pounds. And you remember me too, right? <laughs> I was like calling you every day and I got that blood thing. Uh, to check my blood every day and to see if I was in ketosis. Right. But I think that's the thing about, about the keto diet, why it worked because you can't cheat and be in ketosis. You can't do it. You can't go in out and have a, a thing of ice cream or have sugar. Uh, you can't have a bunch of carbs or you're not going to be in ketosis. So if your blood says you're in ketosis, that means you're following the the keto diet and you're, you know, you got to get your macros right. So it, it, it does everything. But you remember those days where I was calling you every day I mean I'm checking my blood, what, two two three times a day to oh, see yeah. if, uh, uh, if I, if, if I'm in. So
2: the, the funny uh, thing about that, and I think that's really what started with Layla, Layla said, Layla said, uh, is, is your husband called yet? Is there, cause she started getting jealous. So I was spending more time <laughs> on, on the phone with you. She says, you talk to Mark more than you do me. <laughs>
0: And so I think that's where the whole thing but started. Just so you it. know,
1: just so you know, Kathy says exactly the same thing. As a matter of fact, if we're driving and you call, she's like, oh, your husband's online. I'm like this. This yeah. is mine. Um, yeah, yeah she think, says the same. I think she Dickie says the get same jealous. stuff. It's funny. <laughs> Dickie says, yeah. the, water's the Well, dicky has got his own little thing going on. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Dickie said the white. Well, he's he's done oh, 75 hard with us. You know, he's he's yeah. you know, he's fought. He's definitely, uh, you know, he's followed through and, and, and seen a result. Uh, Dickie could use 75 hard again because now that he's got a new girlfriend, you'd think he's married and where he eats uh, garbage and doesn't work out like he should. But well, that's another uh, discussion on another podcast.
2: There's a lot of people starting it back and, over on the third, too. I mean, uh, you know, one and we'll talk about it later, but, uh, you know, I'm on this whole new journey with different transformations right now. And the, the late the person who runs our my my group, uh it's called the Wolf Pack, and they're all starting it and she's starting phase one. I said, Well, can I start in with phase three? <laughs>
0: so we, it's like we're a little we're a little ahead yeah, of tell, tell we've
1: done phase we've done phase one like five we've done it like five or six times. We've completed like three and failed three or something yeah. to that effect. You know what I mean? And, and, and I love it, uh, I actually so, love doing,
2: yeah. I love doing it this time of the year because like you and I both talk about it, if people don't realize this. If you don't know much about 75 hard, look into it. It's great. But when you get to phase one, one of the hardest parts is you have to take cold showers for five minutes every day. And yeah, that's a whole different ball game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, that yeah, that's a whole different.
1: Yeah, that's a whole different level. I remember when we, we started. But you know what? Now that now that we've done it, I enjoy cold showers after, yeah. you know, after. Uh, you know, after uh, having a cold shower afterwards, it does two things, right? It's weird, right? If you do it in the morning, it wakes you up. If you do it at night, it calms your body down. It's yeah. just one of those things that's kind of weird that way. But let's talk about our journey in 75 hard, Jay. You know, we, uh, for those, I mean, everybody, everybody that's been around me knows that I've done 75 hard and, and uh, here's, you know, the most thing that I got out of it is uh, just an excuseless attitude right? Um, people make excuses all the time why they couldn't do it. Oh, I could never follow that. Or I couldn't do the two times a day workout. I couldn't do this. Okay. And so, you know, that's why a lot of people st- try it and then they fail. And then, uh, they chalk it up for another failure or the, this isn't my time or I'm going to wait to the holidays or what, whatever it is. You and I, when we've took that 75 hard on, on on different times throughout the time. Right. We've done it where we were traveling. We've done mm-hmm. it where we're going to be in during holidays so that we have to adhere to that kind of a discipline when most people aren't. And I now here's two things about I took from 75 hard and then I'll ask what you took from it. One of it was the no excuses, right? The, just the balls to the wall. I'm gonna do this, and on the days, I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, we're pretty motivated in the morning to do get get our day in, and then halfway through the day, we're, our motivation leaves, and we have to rely on our self-discipline to to take it. And in the beginning, Everybody was pushing for us. Oh, you can do that. Yeah, we're going to be watching your journey. And about day 20, nobody gives a rat's ass anymore what you're doing. It's all on you. By day 50, people are now like, oh, you're still doing that thing? You know what I'm saying? That's so far out of their mind that they 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 haven't done it. So the the having this no-excuse attitude was one of the major things that I did. And the other thing is... I remember my most vivid workouts was when I did 75 hard and I was traveling and I was traveling to Georgia and I had some plane flights that were kind of messed up. So I knew that I had to be up at 5 a.m. to get a workout in and then I'm going to have to do it when I land. You know what I mean? To make sure that I get double workouts in, I knew that that night I was going to have to do it. Well, that particular time, I'll, I'll never forget this. It was, um, it was muggy, you know, you know how the South is it's super muggy yeah. and it's drench pouring down rain. You know how it would do right for 20 minutes. It just pours down this monstrous rain. And so I had an outdoor workout cause I did the 5am. I did the indoor workout. I had to do this outdoor workout and it's pouring down rain. And I set up these, uh, kettlebells on each side of Carson's parking lot And so I would walk, and then I would do swings on one side, and then I'd walk to the other, and then maybe I'd do presses with whatever my workout was. It's 45 minutes of this, and it was torrential rain. I was drenched. And I remember doing the workout going, there is nobody else right now doing this, what I'm doing. And I really felt that I was accomplishing something at that particular time. Those are two of the most memorable things I had in 75 hard is that no attitude, no, no, no BS attitude and doing something that I know everybody else is not doing at the time. Why don't you share what, what did you get out of your
2: 75 hard journey? Uh, the thing that I liked the most out of it is that it pushed me to make each workout harder than the one I did before. That was one of the things it was, cause you know, we've, we've all gone into the gym or done our workouts or <clears throat> training and we just get through it, just go to wherever our physical ability to let us and we don't push ourselves past it. And you know, used to it would have groups of people, we can do that. when you're by yourself, like you said, having that mental fortitude and that mental uh, conditioning to push yourself harder than you did before. And that was one of the main things I looked at. And the other thing for me is time management. You know, when I was, I've always had an issue because I've always been very super busy from college on, but just like now, you know, I'd, I'd have to get up early in the morning, work, uh, workout, then be at work, go treat patients all day. And then I would literally do part of my outdoor workout for my lunchtime. I would, uh, I'd go do, put doing a walk or a run in my there. And then on my two, 10 minute breaks, I would read so I can get things. So, you know, time management was a something I really stuck with and it's helped me even after that. Uh, because if you don't, you you'll, you'll say, oh, I don't have time. And you go, when you get home, you've wasted your whole day. So mental conditioning, learning mental fortitude and, and making things harder, something like we always say here all the time is, uh, you know, you suffer for what you love and, you know, get out of your comfort zone. We have all these little cliches we say, but we actually do it all the time. Uh, I think Chris Crash, one of his favorite things, is don't suck, but we are all about embracing the suck. We want to make it mm-hmm. harder. And if it's not hard, we know we didn't push ourselves, And that's what I, you know, that's what I I, I like from, because it, it helped me push that mental uh, mental capability even further because you know it's been been in the being in the ring or being in the cage or fighting or training for all of our tests we all know what it means to suffer because we would do it together as groups or we we do what we're doing but sometimes when we we're alone we say oh, nobody's watching i'll go a little bit lighter mm-hmm. but, but with 75 yep. hard you didn't do that you stuck with your integrity and it really pushed the things that we we teach all the time to our students you know yeah the main one being integrity uh, you know, do the right thing when no one's watching, and if, and, if you, and the main person that you're helping is yourself, and on the other side of it, the main person you're hurting is yourself, and that 75 hard man really, really pushed that. I remember in Vegas when we were going to the Maya Convention, everybody else is out partying, you and I were right. out freaking working out.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> you know? right. Yeah, I re- I remember we it was blazing hot too. Yep. And I remember saying, "Hey, man, we got to get out this," and I remember uh, we're walking, right. We walk this one, one thing, and then we're, I'm, we're kind of going down the strip and I knew that you needed to, to up, up, up your workout. And, you know, I couldn't run with you cause of my stupid knees. Right. And I'm like, Jay, just take off and do the rest of your workout and get your, get your cardio in the way you need to get it in. And, and that's just one of those things, right. In 75 hard, you have to, you know, you have to push yourself to your limits and what you can do and, I remember that vividly us us working out together, right, and doing doing two a days where everybody else is partying and getting drunk and shit. So, I, I mean, I remember that vividly uh, that that seventy five hard that that we were doing. I remember going up in the weight room uh, together. You were doing your hit training while some of us were lifting and and uh, and getting after it for sure. Um, I think what you said there, I think it's going to ring true for just leadership in general, right. To, to follow through with what you're going to do. Uh, we've done 75 hard. I think we've even spoke about this. I've done 75 hard. I've completed 75 hard. Remember I told you, I said, yeah, I completed it, but I completed it Mm half-assed. You know what I mean? So did I, I, I I marked off the boxes. Okay. I did my reading and I did this and and this and this and this, and I did double workouts, but I didn't really push myself on that particular 75 hard the way I should. Now that doesn't mean every time I did it, but there were so many days I just checked the box. Okay. I got to do another workout. I'm going to go walk around the block for 45 minutes. And you know, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. instead of push the sled or something like that or something to, you know, to, to think. So I just, I went through it and I'll never forget this, even though I completed a 75 hard. And I, I remember telling myself, you didn't complete, you didn't complete Jack squat because you just, you know, pussied your way right through uh, this in because you've already, you know how it is, right? We've already been through 75 hard. Our first one, you know, we're balls to the wall how it was. And then you'd learn how to, oh, we can kind of, you know, we can kind of skimp it here and we can skimp it there and still check the box and still do 75 hard. And I remember doing that. So listening to you speak about uh, getting after it, you know, when when uh, nobody else is watching, I think that's the biggest mental push that we had through 75 hard is just the mental game that it was. Cause I remember seeing you too. I mean, you, you and I were not always on the same thing. You'd be at the gym at 5 AM and then you'd be doing your workout. You'd go to the studio, you'd work all day. Then you'd go to the studio and set up an outside door outside workout. And I would come and join you sometimes in Simi Valley where we're carrying stuff back and forth Mm -hmm. for 45 minutes. And you know, you, and that clock just drags on, right, for 45 minutes and yeah. just going, man. And um, instead of just getting after it and getting it done and, and, uh, you know, having time management. Yeah, that was, those are all really good, good things that you said that, that you, that, that you took out of it. And, uh, matter of fact, we just had a conversation the other night. I said, I think I'm doing, um, um, let's see, we got 75 hard, we did phase one. And we have phase two and then phase three, I think is 75 hard for 30 days, right? Is that what it is?
2: Yeah. Phase uh, phase three is what we're on now. And phase three is actually doing phase one over again. Um, and for some uh-huh. of you guys, this may be foreign terminology. Like I said, it's just, I would look it up, but phase, phase one has a lot more stuff to where you work on your mental side of it and you have to do daily tasks plus the cold showers. I actually think phase one was the, for me, you know, 75 hard the first time we did it was a turning point. But like you said, I felt several of them and I've gone through some of them. It was just like, okay, we can do it now. But it wasn't what the whole mm-hmm. reason Andy brought it out for phase three. It, I mean, excuse me, phase one last year came with the best time. Let's do, we just came. Well, we just, we were going right through the middle of the pandemic training outside. How are we going to keep the studios going? I mean, and I was burnt out between that and have and i'm about to go back to it again in my work today you know going back to wearing n95s or and uh uh, n95s and gowning up and everything so i was burnt out and i took a trip to josh retreat to get my head straight and i started phase one and that phase one man it i think it's what gave me that reboot reboot to get through this stupid pandemic and uh, get my mindset right because the phase three is gonna be the same thing again and it couldn't come at a better time
1: Yeah. I think, I think you're right about that. I know. So those that you guys are on air that, that are are like really foreign, you kind of heard about 75 hard. Uh, Andy Frisilla is the one that this is his program of 75 hard. And I know that uh, when Stormy uh, out there from, from Georgia, she has a little uh, a a click that did it. And she, she's gone through all the phases too. She's just a, she's a, she's a warrior herself, you know, all the, and, and uh, Jason flame, you know, he started on, on a 75 hard journey and, and he'll have the same stories. But, um, I think that, so you guys that are first listening to it, you know, it's five tasks just so you know, too. I've also got people that that say they've done 75 hard and they're like, well, I I only drank half the water. Well, then you didn't do it. I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? There is no shortcuts, right? No. And so, um, You see me drinking water because I'm trying to get ready for this next phase, and I'm getting (laughs) ready to do. So I got to start drinking water now, so I can get get ready for drinking a gallon of friggin' water, Um, (laughs) right? And and so here's the thing: you got to drink a gallon of water a day. That's one. Uh, You have to read ten pages of a book, Uh, something that's more on, uh, you know, self help type. You know, extreme ownership is is probably my my most favorite one that I did. Okay, you must follow a diet, okay, and you cannot cheat on it, okay. And there's no alcohol for these so 75 days or 30 days or whatever you whatever whatever phase you're doing. You have two workouts a day. Uh, One has to be in uh, outside. They can both be outside, but one has to be outside an outside workout of some sort. And then the rest is you have to take a picture of yourself every day and then you have to look at your your progress at the end of 75 days. This is the 5 tasks of 75 hard and and I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, that doesn't seem to be all that hard to do." <laughs> and uh, I, and all I can say is until you do it, you you don't know what you're talking about, okay? You got to you got to you got to get after it and see see what it is and so that's that's just kind of the rules for what it is. You guys keep on hearing us talking about. And then there's different phases of this. And then you just add to your thing. This is a, don't you agree, Jay? This is a mental, this was a mental game. It mm-hmm. wasn't more, even though there's physicality in it, if you don't have
2: your right mental state, you're never getting through it. Exactly. Correct? Exactly. This is exactly what it is. You, you know, like I said, there's many times I failed after I did the first one because my mind wasn't there. If your mindset is not in there, you're not going to do it. And sometimes it's like what we talk, we, we use each other's accountability. You know, sometimes we put this stuff out there for you guys is because it makes us accountable. And uh, because if you're accountable, you know, unless you just going to give up on yourself or others, you don't care as much. But it does make you accountable. And going back on accountability, one thing I've also noticed that we've done, this is has to do with you more than anything else. But look, I'm wondering since that day. And I think that when you sent that out there, if you look back into your things, like I said, I think it's June of 2019. And you said, listen, what this guy has to say. And you think of how many people jumped on the bandwagon. Then I think you and I were the only ones who finished the first one. But since then you probably have got over a hundred people or more who have done 75 hard because the way that one podcast Mm -hmm. changed your, your idea of it and the lives it has changed from weight loss to looking at diet, to mental discipline, picking up reading habits. Uh, Some people, they didn't even read a book anymore. Just picking up a book and reading and, you know, increasing your, your, your learning, it makes a big difference. And that all came from that one podcast that he put out that you did. And it, it's, you know, and it set the seed to spread it to other people. Like you're talking about stormy in Georgia. I mean, what she's done from there and she's moved on with this group uh, from each one of our studios, all the people who have done 75 hard, all the ones from John's studio and Brandon's and Jason's studio, you know, and, it just spread yep. through it, so it's it's had an impact on almost everybody in our, not just in our studios, but in our life.
1: Yeah, we got to thank Andy Frasilla for that. So you know, yeah. he he, he, you know, he sits there and he doesn't probably realize on on. How much he's done done to to mentally change, and I think so part of out of there uh you know I'll ask you your favorite my favorite book when I read was extreme ownership it's it's not an easy read Jocko's book is not an easy read yeah it's an easier to follow to listen to, but that's not part of seventy five hard you can't listen to books you have to read yeah. books, yeah, you know what I mean you have to comprehend you have to have the discipline to sit there and read ten pages and I don't know about you, but there's there's been a time or two that uh um That you, you want to, you want to read and you're so freaking tired that if you lay down to do it, you're going to fall asleep and then you fail 75 hard. I think Jay, I think Jason flame that happened to him. So I had to make a mental shift on what I do. So I bought one of those patio heaters outside and I read outside. I put yeah. a patio heater on and I read outside, whether it's super hot or super thing. And I'm able to get through my through my books. And when I read Extreme Ownership, I think that's the one that changed me the most. It's the one uh, that's the one book that. When I took ownership of my own stuff, this this you know, this drives me crazy, right? You know, after I've read the book, I just I'm so can't listen to B.S. OK, just, it, it, listen, listen either just take some ownership on what you do. If you failed it, you failed it. It is what it is. And I think this is the best thing I've as a martial arts instructor, taking ownership of what you do. Mm-hmm. And I've told this story and then I'm going to ask you what your favorite book was, but you know, I remember being a young man and I had bill collectors right and I would be yell- I'd be yelling at the bill collector about uh why you calling me? Why you doing this? And <laughs> when I, you know They're they're calling me because of something I didn't do. Right. And so I said, I I can imagine back in those days if I had the ownership and just say, you know, this is my fault. There's nothing I can do about it. At this point, I would try and work on it and take some ownership and then go after it. Mm -hmm. And when people make nothing but excuses, including like, oh, I got to work out, but I can't find the time. I got to go on a diet, but it's the holidays. Uh, I didn't come to class or I didn't work out because this or they like to put blame on other people. Right. Uh, it, it, me, I'm a perfect example of this. Uh, Mr. Cox is just too hard or Mr. Cox is uh, he's too hard on, on, on me uh, uh, on that. As ex- as opposed to looking at yourself in the mirror and saying Mr. Cox is hard on me because my lack of of what I'm doing. So this is what that's in 75 hard. That book has really changed me. What was your favorite? What, what book did you get out of it in your life? And that you've, you
2: still use the direction of it today. Oh man. So you hit it at the nail on the head there. I went through the whole series by Jocko uh, of of all extreme ownership, his management. And I, because like you said, I, from the management side of it, I I enjoyed it Uh, a lot. of So the stream ownership had a lot to do with it. Another one that I read that really had a big change for me is Think Again by uh, Adam Grant. And the reason Think Again really had a lot to do with me because, you know, we joked about me being from the South. but A lot of people don't realize that a lot of our traits and things that we think that are ingrained in our head actually come from how we were brought up. You know, some of the things that we believe in and stuff and that stuff can be rewired and changed. And I that's things that I'm trying to work on as well. So the, that book Think Again has really helped me too. Um but man, the just funny. I'm going back to the extreme ownership, but we do that a lot anyway. But like you said, sometimes uh, I have to be careful because I get I get too hard on people, and I got to realize that you know <laughs> not everybody. Think, okay. And I go home later. said, so Should I should have done that or not? And so, so I'm going to put you to this extreme ownership and think again because extreme ownership. Yes, I'm going to be hard because I want you to do this to yourself, but think again. Did I do? Did I handle that the right way? Because I, I my, so, my son, uh, Jake, he gets on to me all the time because you you know, we'll be talking just like this, and I'll be cool and calm and collective. And then if you pull up beside me and you do the wrong thing, that switch changes just like that, and I will go off. And uh, he said, Dad, that's something you need to work on. He said, I think you know, that's not exactly the right it's the thing <laughs> you want to do. You know, you just, you see, you know, sometimes I'll say, I'm gonna get that son of a, you know, put him on side of the side of the uh, curve and knock their teeth out. And he said, dad, people don't think that way. I said, I trying to change it. I mean, this goes back to the English, but it's, yeah. <laughs> so extreme ownership for sure. Think again, because uh, I'm trying to continue to change my mindset and stuff and work on those things, you know, because as an, and I take, and it goes back to extreme ownership just as an instructor, you know, we get so passionate teaching. I love teaching. And I think that's why I chate and for the people who do not know this, I came out here first in 2009. We first came out here in 2006 and I didn't stay here. I stayed at home with my stepson and my daughter and was my son. So we can get his career going and acting. And uh, then we moved out here together as a family in 2009 and we moved back home because honestly, I hated LA. I hated LA when I first moved out here, but as of, when I got out here, I got a little bit of bug about Krav Maga. And so that's when we moved back in 2012. So for him to follow his career and me to get into Krav Maga, and I had that passion for it, and I love for it. But sometimes when I teach and stuff, I when you're pushing that to film people, sometimes it comes off a little harsh. And uh, so that's why I'm thinking, okay, I want you to have extreme ownership, but I've got to remember, I've got to translate a little bit different to some of my people here because it's not, you know, it's 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 my passion <laughs> may be a little bit too hard sometimes. So yeah, that would say I I know that's a long I, run <laughs> on the two books, but yeah, I I,
0: I, I think. <laughs>
1: I have to agree with you. I know exactly what you're talking about. I get, you know, it's got, it's it's, it's flipped to the other side too. You know, I, I used to be super like that too, right? I, I used to want people's black belts more than they wanted it themselves. Right. And at this point, I guess, because I'm kind of an older guy now and, uh, you don't want to put in the work. I don't really care about you getting your black belt at this point. You know what I mean? Either take some ownership of what you're going to do or don't do it. I don't, I, I just, don't have, it's the same thing in business, right? You know, uh, watching people that are, uh, um, uh, watching people say they're going to do something and not do it or have an excuse why it can't get done. I just, just, I just don't have, I've got zero tolerance at this point for it. Right. It's just, uh, you want to be a black belt. Great. You don't, don't, you you don't want to do what you need to do to put yourself through it. Then don't do it. I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? These are the rules. Here's the ground rules. Follow the ground rules. You're going to have success. If you don't, you're not. If you're going to yeah. give me an excuse or my family's got to do this. And then, uh, then what do we do? We teach our children that we make excuses or we kind of do a little white lie to make sure that, well, we can't make it because of family or I don't know about you, man. COVID has been the number one bullshit story on the planet. Oh, you know, uh, uh because of COVID or uh, we might've been exposed, so we can't do it. I mean, I hear it all the time. And at this point, I'm just like, I just throw my hands. I would say, okay, well, just let me know when you guys are going to, uh, you know, fulfill what you want to do. And then, then we'll, we'll go from there. And, and that's just kind of how I handle it at this point. And so I agree with you. I, I, I flip on the other side too, where I just, I got zero tolerance and yeah. not everybody thinks like we think that's, that is a hundred percent true too. and, um, I've listened to Jocko's stuff, um, about that. And I guess I've learned that extreme ownership is something me personally, I can't worry about if you're going to have extreme ownership. I have to worry about what, what I can do and what I do. And exactly. that's, that's one thing that I've kind of taken from it. I'm sure that just like yourself, right. You have to have ownership in, no, well, I'm just like you. I can get pretty passionate on the road if I want, I wouldn't mind pulling somebody <laughs> over and their ass half the time either, but, um, you know, and and so that's that's just kind of where where it is, and so it looks like, you know, we're just in that same boat, Jay. I say that we're, you know, pretty passionate dudes that that are, are growing older. What what do you see now, Jay? You know, you're you're fifty now, is that correct, Jay? Uh, fifty two in you, April. Yeah, you're fifty two in April, and so yeah. and I'm sixty, and, and but I don't know about you, man. If you look you know older martial artists like ourselves we're pretty passionate when we get out there right and we get we get kind of hammered at the young 30 year olds or or what in the 20 where they have all this you know like man i was i I'd, I'd, I'd give anything to be back in my prime and have the knowledge i do now right isn't that mm-hmm. isn't that weird how life is right we yeah. we gain wisdom and knowledge as we get older and we don't have the bodies to sustain our wisdom and and knowledge at, at, at the times and have that passion. Uh, those that get that passion as a young man and, and you, you know, those elite type athletes that, that have that passion as a young, young person, what have you seen as, as an older martial artist? I mean, what, what do you think has changed um, for yourself for the good? And maybe, you know, what, you, what, you, what, what you
2: feel is uh, kind of sucks. Uh, one thing I've noticed, uh, I have a little bit more patience and understanding, uh, but I'm going to tell you what uh, one of the big things has helped is, man, we have so much resources out there. And learning that recovery is just as important as my exercises, uh, my exercise routines, my training, my recovery and sleep are one, very important. You know, we joked a little bit about the cold showers, but doing everything from contrast baths to cold showers and everything to re. Uh, let your body heal and uh, especially at a mitochondrial level, uh, you know, just like coming in, getting soft tissue uh, mobility work done, anything to help work those things. And and, and this is funny because uh, we we're talking about the keto diet and how it's changed our life. But uh, for me, from a standpoint, from health and uh, it, people are out there, I'm not we're, I, we're, I'm not pushing the keto diet to you because I do some crazy forms of it. Uh, like right now, I'm about to do a, what's called an elimination diet with carnivore. And the reason I do this stuff is I'm trying to get the, all get as rid of the inflammation in my body. Cause we carry so much inflammation and a lot of has to do with diet, you know, um, and our lifestyle. So learning those things has helped me as I get older and having the patience to do that. Now, the one thing that's still hard for me is that my body or maybe it's not my body. It's my mind still thinks I can keep up with those 25 year olds. So I'll be in the gym <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't, it doesn't help when I go work out with Jake's, uh, we you know, for a while, Jake was here um, on Sundays, we'd have our workouts, you know, and old man had to try to show his son that he still can pop up the weight. And then the next couple of <laughs> days I'm paying for it. Um,
0: so I, so
2: that's still a problem. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, doesn't matter how old we get, especially as uh, being a competitor, being competitor our whole life. I don't think the competitive drive is going to leave, but I think having the knowledge now, and like you said, and the wisdom to know that, is you got to do those things for recovery, whether it's the ice baths, whether it's going to get the cry If you guys never done uh, cryotherapy, cryotherapy works good. Infrared infrared lights. Um, I, I do a lot of, I try to find out and do more and more on biohacking to keep me going and stuff like that. And I will say it's something that's helped me is uh mobility and flexibility. I know you've talked about that a lot with your jujitsu doing that, but I, I think those are the things as I get older, that's really helped me. Um, And, you know, like we're talking about when I did my second degree, you know, just all that really paid off when I went for that test is putting all that stuff together.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, I think I agree. You know, being a being an older martial artist and and, and, you know. Yeah, my ego could could get the best of me in the gym, too, right? You know, you know, if I can pop up my 300 pound bench and, you know, doing 100 pound uh, dumbbell inclines. Uh, the funny thing is, you see me doing pictures of that, but I have to have somebody lift. I, I have, somebody has to put the the dumbbells in my hand. I can't. I can't hump it up because my wrists are just so jacked from all the years of of breaking. Now, once somebody puts it on there, I can lift the weights and uh, you know and and do that. But I have found that when I lift heavier and heavier weights, it's just so hard on my joints that it affects my jujitsu training. Right. And and I think I look back on that now it's just as an older guy that I think injury is is my mm-hmm. biggest concern. Right, yeah. being sore isn't my concern. Being injured where I can't train—that's uh, why sometimes even in jujitsu, you know, if I can tell people to put your ego aside and tap a little bit more so that you can sustain your your training, it's okay to tap as much as we don't want to um, to to get on it and uh, uh, you know, to get back and, and, and not be flustered by ego. Yeah. And I think jujitsu, I think, believe it or not, I think jujitsu has helped me as an older guy because you, you torque and you move and your body's so much more moving and stuff like that, that it's, it's been a, uh, it's been a passion now that's that's come through. It's it's just as much as the passion as Tong Sudo was, and mm-hmm. and Krav Maga is still my passion. But this Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, where I can put hands on people, and it's just you and the other person, man. And oh, it doesn't matter if it's male or female. It doesn't matter what does not gender, race, nothing comes into play when somebody else is is facing you and you're trying to choke the shit out of each other, and 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 you're in this combat, and there's nothing else that's that's going on right now in that world, there's no bills that you can worry about. There's no stress that you can worry about. You have somebody else trying to do something to you and you're trying to, uh, either choke them out or not get choked. I mean, that's the beauty of it. Right. And so I, and I, that's one thing I, I watch you, Jay, that that's one thing that you have just so you know, you, you like that hit training. And if there's anything I can tell younger martial artists today or younger people about, Fitness. You are correct. We we were in the world of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno, big, bulky dudes. And it's what we liked. And if you don't have functional fitness, I think it's a big detriment. Mm-hmm. It, it's not good for your it's not good for your joints. It's not good for anything else. How we trained in the martial arts. Right. We just did nothing but kicking in the air. Remember those days? Oh, and
0: the Macarari board kicks in
2: the air, hook kicks in the air. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, you kill your body with that stuff. Like the Makarari. Oh yeah.
1: We just didn't have functional fitness. No, I don't recall having that. Or wouldn't it have been better for us, right? If we could do 20 pull-ups more than I could, uh, bench press 350 pounds. You know what I mean? And that you can pull yourself up or, or do those kind of, uh, those type of calisthenics where you have, you know, that, I guess that's the beauty of wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, wrestling and, and gymnastics, is there better sports for pure human
2: strength of, of, of your own body weight and what you can do with it? So, Oh man, um, you can go back and look at the, the videos from the fifties, sixties, and forties, and you look at how they trained. And even before that, you know, people know anything about functional fitness, look where kettlebells and, uh, the club training you know the clubs people see the clubs if you're on if you guys know what i'm talking about with the clubs or the maces, those are actually a lot of that and i uh, have talked to master carl about this because his history is a lot better than mine but that stuff was created back in that's mostly like an ottoman in the turkish empire they used to train to make holding swords better and the kettle and the kettlebells the mm-hmm. functionality of kettlebells and what it does for your body and uh you look at these guys like i said the remember the pegboards that they used to have in the old gyms where you oh, broke yeah. the pegs. Yeah, we before. have one. We, we yeah, yeah, we have yeah. one here in the studio. Yeah, that kind of stuff. It's all about functional fitness. But the main thing for all of us, we back in the day, you want you, you didn't care about functionality, you wanted to look good. You wanted to walk in a room where you, That's you right. looked you looked intimidating. And you, it's funny you brought up this about jujitsu, but if you go back and look at the legends of jujitsu now, like all the all the Gracies and the Machados, I mean. Think about the, their ages, especially like Helio, uh, Helio and Hickson and all them. Look at their ages and look how how they're still they're still on the mat and how they're still doing things. Because if you look at jujitsu mm-hmm. from a functionality standpoint, you're working on your mobility. You're not just you, you're not just working on your strength. You're working on core strength, flexibility of your tendons, your joints, your ligaments, your mental capabilities as well, the breathing, all that aspect in that one sport which helps you with longevity of life right there. And plus on the other thing, one thing, longevity of life is the people you're around. There's a lot of people when they retire, well, you know, 65, whatever. And I see it because I work with the geriatric population in occupational therapy. They don't do anything else and they just decline. But if you think of something like even whether it's traditional martial arts or jujitsu, uh, if you look at that, it, it keeps your body strong and your, your mind sharp that will help you throughout life. And, And, man, you're right. You hit the nail on the head with the uh, functional fitness aspect of it. I mean, yeah, because that type of mobility, like I was watching. Yeah, I think that. Go ahead. Yeah, I I definitely think
1: watching. I mean, that's one of your fortes, uh, Jay, is watching you, um, you know, do your functional fitness. And your ability, Let, I mean, you know, we're we're already rolling up on an hour, but let's talk about this last. You, you you've done a competition now. These people may not know about this, but you've done a competition with First Form, right? Mm-hmm. Which is Andy Frasilla's thing. Is that correct? Is yes. First Form correct? Yes. Yeah. And and it's a it's a body transformation, and there's a fifty thousand uh, dollar prize package, and. Of course, you you would rather meet uh, Andy Frasilla than get the, uh, <laughs> the prize package, uh, and uh, and take me along so our <laughs> our significant others can talk talk shit. Um, but let's talk about both these times, dude. Uh, that you have put yourself uh, in in these weeks, and you've super dieted and completely changed yourself, including cutting weight at the very end to try and win these contests and you've done it twice now. And so mm-hmm. what people may not know about you is you're like, dude, I just got the results that I didn't win again. And, uh, and unfortunately, right. There should be, in my opinion, there should be an age bracket because you get all these young guys that have all this high testosterone that can completely change themselves in this short amount of time. you got somebody in their fifties going after it, you know, and, and doing a complete transformation of yourself. Cause both the transformations are, phenomenal. And what'd you say to me today? Just so this is, this is, this is who Jay Walker is today. He goes, nah, I just got the news. I, so I guess I'm just going to go at it again. I'm going to try it again. And, yeah. and, and that's just your attitude. I didn't win this one. Okay. Or we're going to just, I'm going to tweak something else and we're going to go after it again. And uh, that's just kind of your attitude. Let's, let's talk about where everything's not a win Jay, right? Yeah. Everybody thinks uh, everything's a win, but these two things, but there's still a win in it. So let's, let's talk about, what what you've learned from losing something that you've put so much time into Let, let's talk about that let's end with that
2: oh man uh, and guys think about the Michael Jordan stuff it's not and you, we hear the saying all the time it's not how many times you fall it's how many times you get back up and fall again and get back up and do it again um I've I'm driven by competition so I found the uh, first form app and you guys if you were interested you just find the first form app. It's, I think it's like five dollars a month to do it, but it's a great little uh, community. You get people to help you, uh, but I like being competitive. I want to beat people. So, and I saw that they had prizes to win too, and I said I'm going to give it my best shot. And I don't know how many people's doing this. Could be 100 people. It could be 200. It could be 2,000. But my goal is to compete against myself to get myself better. Uh, the first time I went from 238 and I got down to 209. Uh, the first competition, I. I didn't have what I wanted to. So I spent the time between that and then I could try to gain like six to eight pounds of muscle did again. And then December 2nd, I got all the way down to two Oh two keeping a good bit of my lean muscle mass, keeping my protein up. Uh, they, they announced that I can't, re- I can't remember if um uh, I can't remember if they announced it on Christmas Eve or Christmas day, Who the winners and man, they looked phenomenal. Both the male runner up who won $10,000 and the female who won Lost a lot of pound, pounds over the year, and so for me, it, I felt I may have failed and not won the prize, but I still won because my body's in better shape. I've gained lean muscle. I'm going through some injuries right now that I'm healing from, tilling uh, as well. But you know what? I, I fought through those injuries and kept going. Now I'm in that recovery period, and I'm about to jump back on it again. Now, you know, you, just, you it's, you're not always going to win just like for some of my guys, I'm thinking about one of my guys that were competing in the jiu-jitsu competition back in October. So watching one of my students and you're out there on the mat with them. You're physically can't do it, but you're mentally out there with them and you watch them lose and it breaks your heart. And, and you come up to them you tell them, Hey, look, you can get them next time. And sometimes, you know, in your mind from as a competitor, that there is a next time. But sometimes if you've never done it before, you feel like that's the last fight of your life. And what I tell people is guys, there's always a fight left in us. And you have to figure out what that fight is for you. For me, it's to be that that great-great-grandfather sitting on the floor with my grandchildren and my, my nephews going to the studio, even if it has to be where my students have to help lift me off the mat, which hopefully by that time in my <laughs> 90s, I'll be in jujitsu as well. Um, but, you know, you've got to find out what your fight is for. So remember that every time you fail, it is not a fail. It is a lesson of life that that lesson makes you stronger and better. And as we get older, don't think that you're stuck in your ways. There's always ways to change your mindset, to change the way you think, and to make yourself better. And to, when you make yourself better, you help out not only yourself, but you help out your community and the ones that you love, and which I hope all of us remember. that We we, we have certain people. We have You have your family. For me, I have my extended family through Martial Arts and Croft. But as a whole, we're all here together to help each other and make us all evolve.
1: Yep. I think and I think that's that's great because your accomplishments, right? So we we've listened to where you've won in the ring, you've lost in the ring. Then you went to F-45 and then you smoked those competitions. Right? Yeah. Uh you, you 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 showed them what 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 fifty year olds can can do and accomplish when they put their minds to it. And then you won those candidates. Then you go to this first forma. And you you've done it twice now, and I know you're pushing me to do it with you one time, but uh, that's a major undertaking. You know, I I'll I'll think about it on the next go around, because, you know, once I jump in, it's going to have to be all the way. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be able to do something half assed. That's for sure. But um, it's been it's been a pleasure watching you. uh, uh, This is why you were the one kind of responsible for me to get on the wagon because I watched you. I watched somebody in my age bracket be able to change themselves with something. And it wasn't easy because you weren't in a great place mentally either. We were not in good places, mentally, sometimes going through serious divorces and stuff like that. You and I chewed the same dirt. We had the same kind of, uh, we have the same kind of personalities and super competitive. I mean, super competitive and hate to lose. Not just lose to an opponent, but lose to ourselves. I cannot stand it, right? And so it's been a pleasure being able to to watch you, Jay, and, th- and be able to uh, out here, and so everybody can hear me uh, th- talk about why why you were the one that that uh, that turned that corner because you did something. And I said, if Jay Walker can do that, I can do that. There's no reason that I cannot do that, and. I just went after it. I went and got mm-hmm. after it. And it just happened to be something that worked well for me. And I've lived that lifestyle since. I mean, I've given up sugar. I don't think I've done a drink of any alcohol. I, I don't really drink anyway. I don't, I'm i not a drinker. You know, you might catch me on, a, on a, with a whiskey here and there back and back way, way when. Right. But. I just wasn't one, but I haven't had a drink since the very first 75 hard we ever did. That's one of those habits that I've just picked up and, and, and stuck with, uh, reading is still a habit I've done. Mm-hmm. I don't have a habit of drinking a gallon of water a day. It <laughs> sucks. Okay. If I could drink a gallon of coffee a day, it would be really easy, but, but the other is, is where it is. So, uh, you know, you continue to inspire, uh, other people. That's why people like to be around you, uh, People know that you're, that you're the warrior that you are and you're still a work in progress. Even, even, right. We're still a work in progress. No, yeah, even yeah. when we're 50, 60 years old, it's, it, it's amazing. Right. They say that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And I just don't believe that to no, be true. That's BS. You, that's BS. Yeah. Yeah. You will definitely sharpen the sword. So yeah. Well, well if I want to appreciate stagnant. That's That's correct. Yeah. You're right. And, and that's, that's, that, that definitely is easy to become stagnant. So yeah. So it's been a pleasure, man. We're at an hour and oh seven. Pleasure. I know you got work you got to go do. You got other people that you got to go service now today, being and doing what you all do. I, I appreciate the time, Jade, that you spent with Oh, it's me my
0: pleasure. Thank you, sir. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self defense, weight loss.